morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Monday, August 29th. On this date in 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit the Gulf Coast near Burris, Louisiana. Floods would eventually devastate New Orleans. More than 1,800 in the region died. It's a solemn reminder that we're approaching the peak of hurricane season in just a couple of weeks. And speaking of the weather, let's head over to the first alert weather desk for that forecast. And good Monday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine. We're starting out the new work and school weeks with some wet weather as you head out the door this morning in some spots and lots of clouds. Temperatures in the 70s this morning. Best rain chance early today, but still a few showers and storms possible this afternoon and maybe one or two into this evening as well. Clouds will hold down the temperature today high in the low 80s, but after today, more and more sunshine over the next couple of days. Uh, we'll see a few hit or miss showers and storms. Temperatures will climb to near 90 degrees by Wednesday. We'll stay in the upper 80s to around 94 the rest of the week into the upcoming weekend with a couple of hit or miss storms possible each day. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. And now for your morning headlines. This morning, there will be a hearing on motions in the Murdoch case at the Colleton County Courthouse. Uh, Life 5 has learned that today's hearing is related to the murder charges against Alec Murdoch and the deaths of his wife and son. According to affidavits, four sled agents are expected to testify in the murder case of Paul and Maggie. Lauren Quinlan joining us live outside of the Colleton County Courthouse with the latest details. Lauren. Attorney General Alan Wilson announced the motions hearing in the Murdoch case last week. A motion hearing is one that is held in front of a judge after one of the lawyers in the case has filed a written request for the judge to do something. Back on July 14th, Alec Murdoch was indicted on murder charges related to his wife and his youngest son, Paul. The mother and son were found shot to death in June of last year on their property in Colleton County. According to a motion filed in Colleton County, SLED is expected to provide incident reports, notes, search warrants, and affidavits in today's hearing. The state is also expected to ask for a protective order or a gag order preventing people involved from discussing details of this case outside of the courtroom. The reasoning is because the murders of Paul and Maggie have and continues to generate a lot of public attention, and the evidence in this case has sensitive information. On July 20th, Alec Murdoch pled not guilty to the murder charges. Judge Clifton Newman denied a gag order last week, and according to the filing, Murdoch's attorneys opposed the temporary protective order. The hearing starts at 10 a.m., and we have requested to have a camera in the courtroom, so we will be following this as it unfolds. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the Murdoch cases, we do have a list of events on our website at live5news.com. Reporting live in Colleton County, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News.
All right, thank you, Lauren. Well, a man who sparked a multi-agency manhunt last week after kidnapping his daughter is behind bars this morning. Christopher Constein was arrested yesterday. A manhunt began on Wednesday night when officers responded to a home in Hanahan for a domestic dispute. Well, Constein had already left with his seven-year-old daughter when they arrived. The North Charleston Police Department located his vehicle and began using bloodhounds and helicopters to try and find the suspect and victim. The next morning, the seven-year-old little girl was found. It's not clear yet what charges he'll be facing. Hanahan police say that information will be released soon. After investigating an attempted juvenile abduction, deputies say they learned the report was entirely made up. Investigators with the Georgetown County Sheriff's Office responded on Saturday night to the Kensington community. Deputies searched the neighborhood, questioned witnesses, obtained video, re-interviewed victims, and reconstructed the crime scene. Well, that's when several inconsistencies were noticed. Two juveniles took back their statements and admitted the report was made up. It is not said if they will be facing any charges. The Charleston Police Department is asking the public to be on the lookout for a missing man. 55-year-old James Johnson, who you see right there on your screen, was last seen on Friday afternoon at his home in West Ashley. Police described Johnson as six feet tall with blue eyes and gray hair. He was last seen driving his blue 2010 Toyota Tacoma. Anyone with information on his location is asked to call the Charleston Police Department at the number right there on your screen. An earthquake was reported in the Midlands over the weekend. The USGS confirmed a 1.6 magnitude quake shook the Lukoff area late Saturday night. Yesterday morning, the organization confirmed it was located roughly 1.86 miles below the surface. The U.S. Geological Survey has recorded more than 60 small earthquakes in the Lukoff and Elgin areas since December. Well, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, is back up and running in our state after an outage was reported across the country. The South Carolina Department of Social Services has said that all systems have been restored. According to DSS, cards issued to clients that should be operational statewide at approved EBT retailers. The South Carolina Department of Natural Resources has announced its plan to offer free boat inspections over the weekend. The inspections will be September 3rd through the 5th at boat landings across the state. Officials will be on site to check for required safety equipment and registration. The department says boaters will not be ticketed at the sites, but rather given an opportunity to correct any problems before launching the boat. A list of inspection locations can be found under this story on Live5News.com. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has begun its annual oral rabies vaccine distribution. The project is focused on preventing the spread of raccoon rabies in the eastern part of the U.S. This vaccine is not distributed through a shot, but rather edible pellets dropped from the sky. It won't be until October, though, that the USDA makes their way to South Carolina, where 820,000 vaccines will be spread out between Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and the Carolinas. The USDA says the vaccine has been found to be safe in more than and 60 species, so you don't need to worry about your dogs or cats eating those pellets. Well, last Wednesday marked six months of the war between Russia and Ukraine, as well as Ukrainian Independence Day. Community members gathered at Euro Foods in West Ashley yesterday in hopes of the conflict ending soon. Emily Johnson attended the celebration and spoke to those impacted by the war. Euro Foods hosted an event yesterday where the community celebrated Ukrainian Independence Day and provided hope to those with Ukrainian ties. Charleston residents who have family in Ukraine are former residents of the country or simply care about the conflict occurring attended the event. 
Speakers, vendors, food and drinks created a celebratory environment to not forget about Ukraine's 31 years of independence. Owner of Euro Foods says she thought it was a great reason for everybody to gather together and show support to Ukraine during this difficult time. Definitely close to my heart. Uh, first of all, because of my husband and uh, his family. Most of the, his family is still in the Ukraine. And uh, also, like as I already mentioned, I'm from Republic of Georgia. Uh, my country was invaded by Russia in 2008. So it was a, a five-day war, but it was still a lot of damage and a lot of death. And I can really feel the pain of people who's in the Ukraine right now. So it's by the community coming together yesterday, everybody was able to celebrate Ukraine instead of worrying about the waging war. In West Ashley, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. Tonight, the Mount Pleasant Board of Zoning Appeals will be voting on whether to extend a variance, allowing AT&T and T-Mobile to continue operating two mobile communication towers in the town. According to their application for extension, if the variance is not extended, citizens in certain areas of Mount Pleasant won't be able to receive cell phone service. Molly McBride joining us live from Mount Pleasant with more information about their request. Molly? Good morning, Michael. Yeah, right now in this lot right behind me, two mobile communication towers are sitting. Now, this lot is right near the intersection of Fairmont Avenue and Coleman Boulevard, right behind the GDC Home Store. According to their application, if the extension to keep the communication towers on the lot is not approved, it will result in, quote, the citizens of Mount Pleasant being unable to use their wireless devices in the area to reach 911 first responders, fire, police and EMS. These temporary communication towers went up in response to the old Mount Pleasant water tower being torn down in July of last year after the town determined it was no longer safe to work on. The water tower housed transmitting equipment for wireless carriers, including AT&T and T-Mobile, doubling as a cell phone tower. In July 2021, the Mount Pleasant Planning Department said the two temporary towers were only expected to stay on site for 120 days. But the application says the two carriers' relocation to a new spot has taken much longer than they ever anticipated. The application lists reasons for the delay, including issues related to design, material supply, and telco providers. According to their application, they plan to relocate to Frego Street on top of the Boulevard Phase 2 building. One local business owner said in an email that the area already suffers from relatively poor cell phone service, so not having these two temporary t towers could result in a significant safety issue. Now, that meeting is tonight at 6 at the Mount Pleasant Planning at Mount Pleasant Town Hall Council Chambers, rather. Reporting live in Mount Pleasant, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. A little TV trivia. On this date in 1967, the finale of a TV series broke all records for the largest TV audience. That is, until the Who Shot JR episode of Dallas in 1980 beat it. Can you guess the show that ended with that big bang? I'll tell you right after a quick look at birthdays. Today, actor Elliot Gould is 84. Actress Deborah Van Valkenburg from classic TV series Too Close for Comfort is 70. Actress Rebecca DeMorney of Risky Business is 63. And actress Jennifer Landon, daughter of famous father Michael Landon, turns 69. And the series that set a new record for the largest TV audience, The Fugitive, 
which would be remade as a blockbuster with Harrison Ford in 1993. We hope you have a great Monday, and thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.